Thanks for tuning in. You are listening to The Selinski Strategy. Where a boomer and a millennial discuss strategy, tactics, leadership, and lots more. And give tips and tools on how to apply it to business and life. Hey, welcome back to our podcast. And uh, it's great to be back with you, Kristen. Hey, it's Tom. Great to great to be with you as always. So today our, we're going to focus on this idea of uh, is entrepreneurship for you, and unpack that a little bit. Uh, and as, as uh, many of you have heard, we're starting with a little format that we're going to try and be consistent with, uh, having a, like an agenda for the podcast. We're going to uh, flash back to some of the key ideas from last podcast. We're going to get into big questions of the day uh, uh, about the topic, entrepreneurship, and then talk about some future topics. And so the big questions of the day really are, is entrepreneurship for you? That's one of them. Another one is entrepreneurship compared to entrepreneurship. I like to make sure that's defined, clear, and what that means. Uh, another big question is how you can look at entrepreneurship as a lifestyle. And uh, lastly, uh, a, a concept that we want to su- suggest that everyone has a mindset to be an entrepreneur. And so uh, that is our focus for the day. Uh, Christian, you have been an entrepreneur. Well, hold on. Let's flash back for a minute. Oh, very good. Very good. So uh, last podcast, we talked about the golden triangle and the three Ps and Tom and I, uh, I think a little bit agreed to disagree, but mostly agreed and said some things the same way, but different. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, there was kind of three sets of, of, of Ps. Uh, actually, we had how do you solve business problems, looking mm-hmm. at those three ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, those three ideas were, uh, if you're l- looking for a source of those problems, right? It was the people, the processes, or the product. You know, mm-hmm. is there something out of a line uh, with what the customer wants? So that was pretty fine business problems. And then the golden triangle we defined as there is elements you put into your product, the quality of your product the element you put into the quality of your service, and then the level of pricing that is involved. And I suggested controversially that you can only get two of those, and you tend to disagree. And uh, I think what I'm suggesting is you can, you can get great quality product and great service, but you can't have the lowest price. You got to pay a fair price for that uh, level. So that, that was, I think, our context. Yes. I, and where I kind of came in and said that it's for pricing, it's not always about being the lowest. Um, and for some it is. And I think, you know, when you have the opportunity to be at the lowest price, it's because you have the biggest business kind of like Walmart can always be the lowest price. But again, they make other sacrifices. Like we all know they don't treat their employees the best, <laughs> you know, different, they, they, they take it from other places. But, um, and, and they do a lot of things to drive costs out of their supply chain with their low cost strategy. And again, that's how we tie back into strategy. But I think um, as a whole, 
pricing is based really on value and it's not undercutting yourself or your company, but making sure that um, you recognize your value, your value, your company's value, your product's value. And, you know, I come across it a lot in my business where people think because something is really expensive, it must be really, really great. When sometimes it's, you know, they're just being bamboozled and it's Mm, made overseas and it's not great. So, you know, I think you have to price accordingly. So again, agree to disagree saying the same thing, but a little bit different. I agree. Let's, let, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't we, why don't we move on to our yes. main uh, questions of the day? Yes. And what was the question you asked me earlier, but about entrepreneurship? Yeah, yeah. You've been an entrepreneur and I just wanted to kind of launch into, yeah. you know, how did, how did you decide to become an entrepreneur in your, your life? Uh, you know, I joke all the time. People have asked me this before and I don't think I chose it. I think it chose me. Um, I've always been really independent, um, even from a young age. And I've always just kind of gone my own way. And so, uh, I, the first time I graduated from FITM, I was with my interior design degree Mm -hmm. and I came out and I had, I went in thinking, I only want to do residential design. I don't want to do commercial design. I know what I want to do. And I came out going, hell no, am I ever going to do residential design? I only want to do commercial design. The clients are much easier. And um, so, you know, following that line of thought, I ended up in Hollywood as a set decorator. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, you know, uh, I just, I had a friend who was putting together an art department team and fell into that and worked my way up to being an art director on some indie films, was working on some fun music videos, and then the recession hit. Mm. And it was a little hard to do anything like that. But as all of those things, you know, I was working for myself. You have to find your own business. You have to, you know, find the films. It's all networking. And then a recession hit. I found a job in custom furniture. That's sort of where I found my love for that. And then I wanted to take another job and learn a little bit more about other um, ways of making custom furniture. So my first job Mm -hmm. was in soft goods, like upholstery. And then I wanted to go to case goods, like dining tables and dressers and things like that. And sort of in the middle of all of that, uh, I just like, I am so done working for other people because I just felt like I was constantly overextending myself and bending over backwards and trying so hard to make them better and never being, um, recognized or, uh, being like given the space to continue growing with it, you know, and I just always felt pushed down for everything I did, but then, you know, people would, uh, outside people would praise it and, you know, people within the company would take credit. And I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm Mm. so done. Mm. So I, uh, grab, I looked to a dear friend and I said, well, let's start a company. So we started a, a design company together and did that and I just loved it I mean it was so fantastic it was being able to if I wanted to change the design of the website I could change the design of the website I could do this I could do that and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, more control more yeah direct direct influence on results well and I think sometimes 
it goes to what level of responsibility do you want? And um, I think responsibility and control can go hand in hand, but not always. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I wanted more responsibility. I wanted more control and I just wanted to run and I didn't want to be put in a box. And I feel like sometimes when you work for a company, you're put in a box. This is the thing that you do. <laughs> and this is all that you can do. And don't go to another box because that's somebody else's box. Like just, just stay in your corner. And I, I hated that. Yeah. So, yeah. I think yeah. for me, me too, is this, this, I'd always envisioned having a business of my own. And uh, if you looked at my resume, you'll see a variety of, of things I've started, including the flea market at Pasadena City College, a concession business mm-hmm. at, at, at the college as well. And, uh, you know, that, that gave me a, a kind of a hands-on experience of running a business at a very small scale. Uh, and, and then that led to, again, my uh, ongoing desire to want to have my own business after we, my brother and I stopped doing that. And then, and then uh, went to college and uh, got my degree, didn't know what I wanted to do, graduated, started working for what was called Bullock's Department Stores at the time, a regional oh, Bullock's, department yes. store in Los <laughs> Angeles. And uh, I think 18, 19 years ago, Macy's bought them. And uh, now the, the stores that were made, uh, Bullock's are mostly Macy's. And, uh, but from that experience, uh, I learned a lot working for uh, Bullock's and I think still retail is one of the fastest moving businesses around that has to kind of react daily to to what's going on in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And so being trained in retail, I think is is a great, great background to be responsive to customers and and to what's going on in the uh, environment. And so what, uh, let me turn this background noise off here, sorry. And so, so I think that, uh, that, that desire to always be in business for myself was still there. And after four years at Bullock's in the management training program, I, I left and started my company from zero and built it up over 25 years, mm-hmm. uh, buying six other small companies, emerging them in to make a, a bigger company and marketing efforts. And I really, it kind of ties into the lifestyle uh, comment that we'll get to in a few moments, is this, it really felt like uh, I could have control over my life and lifestyle. Uh, I could probably have gone anywhere and made a little more money, but it wasn't necessarily about money. It was about flexibility for my, myself and my wife and family. Okay. Let's just, (laughs) let's just look at that for a minute. Uh, I think that's a great segue into lifestyle. A lot of people look at entrepreneurship and they're like, oh, that's great. I can take vacations whenever I want and I can do this and I can do that. And I think what people have to realize is as an entrepreneur, you have to hustle. You have to hustle. You have to be a self-starter. You cannot just sit there and Netflix all day and think like, oh, well, you know, it's fine. Um, No, you've got to be hustling. You know, what marketing can you do? What networking can you do? How can you get your name out there? Are your clients taken care of? Can your product be better? You know, what research are you doing on other companies? There's so much that goes into it. It's not like I'll get a website and I'll throw some stuff on it and we'll see where it goes, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And it really bothers me because, uh, you know, now my previous business partner and I um, decided to close our design firm uh, about two years ago now. Mm -hmm. Uh, And 
still adore each other. We just wanted to go different ways. I did a little bit of traveling and he wanted to do something a little bit um, smaller. And I came back after a year and was like, I've lost my mind. I need to get back to my roots. <laughs> and my, my roots is design. <laughs> so, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, that's where I started the Keiko interiors and I'm off and running with that again. So, but you know, right now I'm working from home that I don't really need an office because I go to other people's homes, you know, it's, I, right, right. nobody's you coming work. over here. So, you know, it's, it's bothersome sometimes because I will have people say, oh, what are you doing? Let's go hang out. Let's go grab lunch. Let's go on a hike. You're not doing anything, right? Mm-hmm. Well, no, yeah, that's, that's right. that actually. No, no. So. <laughs> well, that's, well, that's where the customer becomes your boss. Uh, and uh, Exactly. Oh my God. That's such is, a good way of putting it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, rightly so. Your schedule is your own, except when your customers need you to be there or do certain things. And mm-hmm. uh, so it's really customer focused as, a, as a, a business owner, especially a small business that you, you need to focus. And why don't we transition to this lifestyle concept a little bit more too. And I think, I think what you're describing is right on. I mean, uh, what my experience was in building my business over the year, 25 years, was that uh, obviously as an entrepreneur uh, early on it was just me and mm-hmm. i think uh i was i was uh focused on going out and seeing customers i had my uh partner who was still working his other job and coming in the afternoons and helping with a little bit of our production of our rubber stamps and awards and signs and uh, uh we eventually got to a point where we really felt as we started getting some traction that we needed somebody there to answer the phone, at least part-time if I was out uh, hustling, trying to build uh, awareness from customers in the region about our business. And so we hired a part-time person to help answer phones and, and also do other basic, I'll call it paperwork in the office so that I could be freed up to do things. So as we, as we grew, uh, it was kind of incremental uh, focus on what was needed at the time. And uh, what I, I think I realized over time is I started finding really good people that then I could delegate more and more responsibility of, for production, customer service, to a point where I had a great team that ran the day-to-day operations where I really wasn't needed to be there on mm-hmm. an ongoing basis. I still had ultimate responsibility as the owner, but, but I, I built a team. It ties back into that book we talked about last time, that E-Myth. Mm-hmm. And it's, it stands for Entrepreneurial Myth. And that book goes into this idea of how do you build a team and systems so that you are able to work on your business versus in your business. Right. And, and so as a startup or a small entrepreneur, you're working in the business, doing whatever it takes in different roles, different hats. But in time, as you build an organization, you hire people and delegate some of those responsibilities to a point where, as a leader, you're really not needed as a, anymore. I mean, that, that to me is how you measure effective leadership, that you're not needed to run the day-to-day. I had a really great um, example given to me when I started uh, the previous business, and that was your business is like a child. 
And those first few years, it's going to be really, really hands-on. You know, you're going to have a newborn and then you're going to have a toddler. And then as it goes on, it's just a little bit easier. And you know, it was so spot on because as our previous company grew, it was like, okay, you know, my child's going to go have a sleepover and I can, you know, go out for the night. And it's just, you, you take a step <laughs> away and, yep. and it gets much easier. And now that I've started this business again, I'm like, well, I've got a newborn. <laughs> it's very, very needy. And, yep. you know, but very, it's, de very demanding of your time, energy and everything. Yeah. You've got. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to in a few years when I can kind of step back and, you know, start my company can handle itself for a little bit. And like you said, you know, and, and then you, you got to a point where you could really step away. It's like, well, your kid went off to college, right? You're not needed as much. You check in and mm -hmm. you're there for some, some major life moments occasionally, but like, yeah. you know, you're not, you're not hands on anymore. Yep. So, you're talking about. kind of about almost like a product life cycle with introduction, growth, maturity, hopefully not decline. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 you know, and, but that product or company lifestyle, uh, mm -hmm. focus as an entrepreneur is, is like a, that's the natural cycle of what you can expect. And, well, uh, and I think, yeah. I think companies now you are a product, right? Because with social media and the internet, the way it is, you're constantly having to make sure your, your branding is up to date. Your packaging is up to date. You are up to date. You're, you know, like for me as a designer, are my headshots up to date? How am I looking? Is, you know, am I, is my branding as myself continuing mm -hmm. in its life cycle or is it outdated? And it just gets dated so quickly. You know, like when you were talking about how you needed someone to answer the phones. Well, now there's an app for that. You know, <laughs> it's so different. I wouldn't need to hire somebody for that. I just take it with me. Yes, which is great with that technology. Uh, but I think, I think, Again, I think you have a customer focus. You understand the need to be in, able to be communicated with. Some mm -hmm. organizations rely on on calls going to voicemail versus having the having uh, a live person there. You know, you you call into the email jail or email hell, uh, or oh I, I, should, I should say I should say answering uh, message answering hell. Oh and yeah, it's like you don't know how to get out. Yeah, where automated system is automated system. worst yeah again it's that customer service how can i believe in automation i think that's it is important but you also have to do it right i think that it can be a great tool but i cannot tell you i hate when like i've i've selected all the buttons and i've listened to all the menus and then i put in whatever product number order number all my information or you know, whatever. And then you, somebody picks up the phone and they want all that information again. And I'm like, right. What, what did I just do? Yeah. Why did I just do that? Where did that information go? Yeah. <laughs> I hate so, that. So, so we're talking about this lifestyle, right? And I mean, I think a lot of people are afraid to be entrepreneurs too, because it's too risky or too uh, fearful. They're fearful of what it might mean and i think i think there is a, a a personality profile that you can tend to be a, 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 a more of an entrepreneur like sense of control uh, a sense of self-direction uh, those kinds of personality preferences of how you tend to be but i think uh we're going to talk about it in a few minutes just i think everybody still needs to be an entrepreneur and i think that's a that's a that's a that's a that's a piece that is really important for for me lifestyle wise oh go ahead 
I want to touch on one thing that you just said, where you said there's a fear base to it. And I agree. I think, you know, when you don't know how to do something, you build it up in your head as this really intense, you know, thing that you have to overcome like this Mount Everest. And it's not that hard. I, it's not hard to set up a business. The hard part is running it and getting it to be profitable. You know, that's the thing. So don't let the idea of, well, I don't even know where to start. Um, Tom and I are going to put together a little quick blog on how to do that um, and give you some quick links if you want, if you're looking at starting a business. Um, and I yeah. do, I, I want to make a point of saying, unless you are, you know, sitting pretty with your bank account, um, and not all of us are, you know, when I started the first company with my business partner, uh, I worked two jobs. Um, mm -hmm. he worked another job and, you know, we made it work. We, uh, we wanted to make sure that we had our income coming because again, we were still kind of coming off of that recession. Things were still hurting. It was not, people were not spending money on their homes like they were before. Right. So, you know, we wanted to make sure we still had that income. So we had long, long nights. I mean, it was, it, I'm sure, I'm sure if I have any close friends and family listening, they're like, yes, she looked like a zombie. It was not a good look. You know, it was, it was real, real rough. I had no life. Yeah. Uh, my, my friends didn't see me for, I think like two years. <laughs> um, so just know you can do it. You have to make sacrifices. You know, you have to figure out mm -hmm. what's more important to you, but you can do it, you know? And then at one point, um, there was one year, uh, where I had chosen to go back to fit and I got my business management degree because I wanted to see what I was missing. If I was missing anything to make my business run better. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was running the first year I was in school full time. I uh, had a job and I had my company. And then that second year, our company just really hit that mark where we didn't feel like we were pushing water uphill anymore. And it just, the ball was rolling. We were doing good. And so I cool. was able to do my second year of school and just run my company. And that's, you know, where we hit a really good stride. Um, so it, it does get better. Don't let fear stop you. Don't get in the way of yourself. If this is a dream that you have, you know, listen to it. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? You are not a brain surgeon. This is not heart surgery. No one's going to die. You mm -hmm. may lose a couple hundred dollars in filing fees to get the right licenses, but like, who cares in the long run, you know, try it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And you file with the state to cancel everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, you're triggering me kind of my startup phase where, again, this is where I had support of my wife and had uh, basically bootstrapped my business, put very little money in to begin mm -hmm. and started just reinvesting profits into more inventory and equipment and things like Same. that. So we, we bootstrapped is the, that term. And mm -hmm. the first year I did not take any salary or any money out of the business because I wanted to keep putting those profits or uh, back in. Mm -hmm. And uh, fortunately, and I also worked uh, uh, another job some nights as a bartender to earn a little extra money. Uh, again, my wife was very supportive. She knew this has been a lifelong dream. And 
and we were making progress. It just wasn't showing up in my personal bank account. Mm-hmm. And so that lifestyle piece was how I chose to operate. And I think if people need to be uh, have a support system, I think in some cases too, to help make some of that happen too. Agreed. I, um, so my previous business partner, I hope you don't mind me calling you out, David. You're awesome. I love you. Um, so David and I, we sat down, we were very honest with each other. We, I think for the first three years, everything we made, we put back into the company, we put back into inventory, we put towards better systems, you know, as we were learning, uh, I didn't know what I was doing. Like I said, my first degree was interior design. And Mm -hmm. so when we decided to do this, I legit went to Barnes and Noble and I got like five business for dummies books. I got like accounting for dummies and business for dummies and websites for dummies. And, you know, I went to the counter. I was like, I'm not a dummy. I just don't know what I'm doing. And I read them all and I highlighted everything and I, I ran with it. And so, yeah, those first three years, we just put everything we made back into building the business. And, um, by the end of it, you guys, we had multi-million dollar clients that we were working with and really, really great things. Um, we also decided when we started that company that we did not want to take any investors. We wanted full control over our company and where it was going. And we didn't want to have to ask our investors what they thought or anything like that. We just wanted to run mm-hmm. with it. Um, this time, I have chosen not to invest all of my money. I did take investors because... I'm I'm still the like controlling owner on it and I have paperwork and everybody's okay with it. And because I have my previous experience, I'm very fortunate to have investors that trust where I want to go and they don't really want to be in it. They just want to get their money back plus some a re- interest. A return on it. A really great return on it. And um, you know, is so that's mo- great. Is it more of a, is it structured as more of a loan or is it structured more as ownership? It's more of a loan. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's what we did. My partner and I put in a little bit of money. We ended up getting a a loan to be able to buy some equipment and, and, uh, get the ball rolling. But, uh, yeah, we, we pretty much were 50, 50, our entire, uh, time together. And then he's a little older. So at some point he wanted to retire. And, uh, the thing I learned about partnerships is, uh, every partnership will end. And, if you go up, uh, one thing we didn't have in place was what we call a buy-sell agreement, where we knew how to value the company and how we're going to pay for that valuation to buy each other out. And that's where, uh, if I'm talking to a business owner starting out or a student, I'd always advise them, begin with that end in mind, one of those seven habits of highly effective people. Begin with the end in mind, knowing mm-hmm. that the partnership will end. For what a reason? It could be a good reason, like you, 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 you just want to retire. Uh, or, you know, there's, there's challenging reasons too, like uh, sometimes the leader's vision or, or expectations uh, part company. That's kind of what happened with my partner. Uh, his expectations on how to grow and manage the company were diverging. He wanted to retire. And we spent kind of two years of hell trying to figure out how to value the company and finally came to terms where I could buy him out. So not only include the valuation, but also how was I going to pay him? I didn't have extra pile of cash to buy out half the company. It was invested in the inventory, the equipment and the operations. And so it took, we finally agreed that I would be able to pay them out over a five year period uh, so that we could uh, create a win-win for both of us. So touching on two points, uh, for those listening, no business is 
too small or too, I don't know, weird not to have one. I mean, Tom and I are working on ours. You know, we're doing books and podcasts, but we, you know, at some point we'll be making hopefully a profit from these books. And, you know, so we've got a little agreement going on and lifestyle wise, doesn't this sound so much like a prenup? (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yep. And think about it too. You don't, a lot of people go, well, prenups, you know, I don't want to go into my marriage thinking of divorce. You don't always have to think of it that way. Go into your marriage knowing that one of you is going to die first. It's just a freaking fact. I mean, like, it's going to happen. And the rare occasion that people, you know, pass away at the same time. I mean, not everything is the notebook. So, you know, like, you have to be prepared. What's going to happen if, you know, your significant other passes and they have a business? You know, David and I had to think about that in our agreement because we're like, okay, well, if one of us marries somebody else and then that person passes away, is the significant other going to assume that they get half of that business and half of that worth? And we agreed then and there that our significant others have nothing to do with our business. Yeah, I have that with my other uh, uh, partnership on Focus Out, the LLC agreement with my partners there. Mm -hmm. You know, so there are so many little nuances, you know, it's not these agreements or prenups or whatever you're calling them in your life. They're not a negative thing. They're not a malicious thing. It's just numbers. It's just facts laying it down and then just have your peace of mind on where it's going. Now, if you're not reaching an agreement in either situation, personal, professional, well, <laughs> seek help, but you know, well, that's, maybe you don't want to be in partnership in reality. <laughs> maybe you, that's part a, of it too. If you have a really rough start. Uh, that's a, maybe a, a, a sign that you want to listen to. Yeah, that's a very good point too. Um, but I just wanted to point out that, you know, it's, it's personal and professional, these, these things. Yep. Yeah. No. And that's where it affects lifestyle. Part, part of the li- lifestyle, and I, I want to wrap this section up a little bit, is for, for my wife and I, she uh, and our family, we, she ended up having a corporate job working for Paramount Pictures, and uh, I had the, uh, my own company, and uh, it was great for me as I built my team to develop more flexibility where I could go and take care of the kids. We have two kids uh, who are not young anymore, 26 and 23. And, but also, uh, when they were younger, I was able to be the, the, the involved parent in terms of school activities and getting them where they need to go. My wife had the, the, the less flexible job at the corporate level, so that it worked well for our, our lifestyle. And mm-hmm. I hired you know, a general manager to manage the overall operation, so I was spending that money that I could have been putting in my pocket if I was working in the day-in, day-out operation. But I also really valued getting out involved with my community in Pasadena area and got involved with nonprofits, volunteering. Mm-hmm. And what that did was create this idea of network marketing where I was out there uh, building relationships that ultimately led to a lot of business coming in to Encore Awards. And mm-hmm. so this, this is kind of my preferred uh, mode of uh, marketing is network marketing by building relationships over the long haul and those relationships really tend to pay off and we're gonna we're gonna talk about how networking is broken as a future topic just as an fyi uh, yes for everybody Tom out there feels very passionately about this so he he has a lot to say yeah maybe, maybe we can shift gears Kristen, uh on this idea that 
uh, I, I'm suggesting that everyone should have a mindset of an entrepreneur. Okay, elaborate on that because I think you're thinking something extra than what I'm thinking. Okay, well, yeah, I am. So, so, <laughs> so I, it's, I think it's how you frame or have a mindset about how you look at the world. Uh, a lot of people uh, don't want to be uh, maybe in their own business as their sole uh, source of income. Mm. But I think everybody can and should be entrepreneurial in some of their life by maybe having, I'll call it side businesses. Uh, you could have a website that sells all kinds of stuff nowadays, which wasn't possible up until the internet age. You also, uh, I, someone suggested to me on uh, a little house that I was renting out that think of that as a separate small business. A and having that mind shift on thinking about that house as a small business changed the way I thought about when I had to get the call that the plumber needed to come out to fix the sink or the toilet or the roof was leaking or one of those other problems that uh, having a property and you're managing it yourself come up. And so, but thinking of that as a small business, it brings in revenue and then you have to pay for it, changed my mindset about owning one little house is like owning a separate little company and business. Well, and I think a really great way to expand on that is, you know, uh, I'm part of a few networking groups on Facebook and I, I love it for that. I think it's fantastic. So if you're not in any groups on Facebook, do it. Um, it can be hobbies you have. I'm in a food group. I'm in a pet group. I'm in networking groups, but they've really been great. Um, but in one of them, the reason I bring it up in one of them, uh, or somebody posted about how they really want to travel over the next two years. And so they're looking to rent out their space. Um, another person posted about how they want to rent out a room. So instead of viewing that as personal income, view that as a business venture, right? Mm, so, you know, point. so when you're bringing, when you're looking at it, don't, and you know, you're, you're doing your personal budget, right? Because hopefully we all have those too. Mm -hmm. You know, put it as an income spot. Don't just put it in as something else. Like make sure you're really noting that as um, something like that. And then I think that's, that's great because again, I think a lot of people maybe are already renting out rooms or spaces or Airbnb and viewing it as a personal thing. Oh, it's part of my it's part of my house. It's not, it's not a business thing, but it is, you are doing mm -hmm. something mm -hmm. in business. And so, well, well, if you think about entrepreneurship and there's lots of definitions, I think we could find, but it's just like taking something and maybe using it in a, a new and unique way, an asset in a new and unique way and creating new value for, for yourself and other people. And so using that extra spare room is entrepreneurial, be it Airbnb or doing it yourself. Mm -hmm. it, there's a lot more opportunities because of the internet technology than ever before to be an entrepreneur in small and large ways. And I think that's where I think I, I suggest that everybody move to a mindset of being an entrepreneur. Not that you have to give up your nice corporate job, but what else? can you do to uh, maximize value for yourself and others? And mm -hmm. it kind of ties in with that topic that I mentioned on the introduction about 
this idea of entrepreneurship compared to entrepreneurship. You know, entrepreneurship is, uh, could be a small or large venture separate from uh, on your own company uh, with partners or without. But entrepreneurship is a different concept about how you need to have an entrepreneurial mindset in a larger organization. And I think it's becoming critical for every organization to think, be future focused, to be, to, to think entrepreneurial on serving the customer in new ways. Certainly when it comes to applying technology or building an app or doing social media, all those things can be more, need to be more entrepreneurial, but you, you, the label is entrepreneur. If you're building a business within a larger entity, uh, then that's can something you give, that you want uh, to do. Like, it's such a, a general description. Can you do something maybe a little more descriptive? So, Ah, okay. Some companies are really good at incentivizing entrepreneurship. Uh, one that comes to mind is 3M. They'll actually dedicate having some of your work time dedicated to working on a new venture, a new product concept. Mm -hmm. uh, they'll even fund uh, startups within within 3M to do that. So, so again, if if you, different companies have different kind of cultures or values around how they value entrepreneurial thinking inside a bigger uh, context, and some are more open to uh, entrepreneurship and innovation than others. True, and I think again, it goes a lot towards. Uh, you know, who you've got in charge. You know, I think if you have a really innovative top team, it's it's going to trickle down, right? You know, and I think if you have a team that's not really into it and doesn't want to move forward and is maybe a little stodgy and set in their ways, um, you know, what's that saying? The fish rots from the head, you know, so yeah. keep it fresh. Well, and I think that's a topic that we, I think, are teeing up as well is that how leadership makes a mm. huge difference in any organization leadership is uh it's the life you know, of a company it, it, it's more impactful than people give it credit for or the and breath of a company yeah yeah i mean yeah. if you think about it the leader sets the tone they they decide what's acceptable or not so we're gonna we're gonna go more uh in more depth in a future podcast about how leadership makes a difference in an organization and i i uh, along with uh uh, along with networking yeah well i think we've i think we've covered it we've, <laughs> we've covered a lot um, um Kristen, i always appreciate you sharing your perspective and uh experience yeah we'll you, you too and for for those listening uh we will put out a blog uh simultaneously with this podcast and we'll give you a little uh, knowledge on where to go if you're wanting to set something up. If you have any questions about your business or uh, if you have questions about being an entrepreneur or how it would fit into your lifestyle or anything that came to mind during this podcast, again, always reach out to us. We love it. We love the feedback. Um, if you're listening on Anchor, click that message button. You can do a quick little audio message if you're on our website which is the salinskystrategy.com hit the contact page fill it out send it in and we'll get back to you i got a nice little notification that our podcast is now on seven different platforms so uh if you're oh, cool. on i know if you're on one of those i don't know how to reach out to us so just go to our website <laughs> you know i don't know um but yeah we'd love to hear from you and uh, definitely check out the blog yeah we welcome feedback uh 
positive or constructive. If you think we can do things better, different, always want to always want to continuously improve what we're what we're doing to to serve you. Yeah. Until next time, I think we'll probably talk about networking. I think that uh, yep. we have networking is、thoughts. broken. Yep. Let's unpack that. <laughs> All right, Tom. Until next time, you guys. All right. Take care.